0: Hey, good morning. How are you? Oh, great, great, great. How are you?
1: Great. Good morning.
0: Good morning. I, I like your shirt. Is that from your brand?
1: It is. It's from Cyber Ally. Oh, one of yeah. the first products I made when I started my business. So I had to wear it. I had to rock it. Awesome. I'm proud of my shirt. It are says th- I am cyber.
0: That's tight. Are they available for purchase on your website?
1: They are. So um, I created a little boutique online called Cyber Chic, uh, and I, I created all kinds of shirts for cyber analysts, engineers, right, cloud security folks, so... This is one of the products, even though it's about to be spring. So I don't know about sweaters, but <laughs> I have T-shirts and tank tops, too. So that's kind Do You Wait, do you design them yourself? I did. I did. That's what I initially started doing, trying to create, like, a product for people to just embrace being in cybersecurity, right? Because it's not as common for women to be in a space, but that's a different topic in tech altogether. So <laughs> I just created something to kind of give people a uh, identity and... Somewhere to connect, so
0: I yeah, like it. that's cool. How come you didn't bring me a hoodie?
1: I don't even. I don't have hoodies, oh. <laughs> no, so it, I made it. So there is a limited selection of uh, options. Hoodie wasn't wasn't on there, so oh okay gotcha. okay.
0: So real quick before we get too deep, I have to give a plug to Coco the barber. <laughs> yes. Okay, because Tiffany was like every time I like find a guest, she's like, "How do you know this person?" And so for you, I was like, "Oh, through Coco." And just just an FYI, I'm super introverted. So anytime I actually like talk to people or get a guest, I probably need to call like call my psychiatrist because my (laughs) my meds need to be adjusted. (laughs) But it also helps me to be a little bit more extroverted. So shout out again. Coco to Barber. She is the plug. Anthony, make sure you throw her social (laughs) media in there. Absolutely. All right. Cool. So do you know what's about to happen?
1: Yes. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm going to fail. Oh, I, I no. it. I, I'm horrible at trivia song. Don't I may do all right. I'll try. Okay, I always give it my best.
0: Yeah, no. During our sync, you said you were like a professional trivia doer
1: player. <laughs> that ain't me. It's not my ministry. But I always give it a good shot. I'm gonna always try. Okay, <laughs> all right. You got all your weaknesses, right? Like that's one of mine.
0: okay well before we get started we have to give a shout out to one of our guests Josie who told us that we can't sing Mm. so (laughs) that that was news yeah (laughs) so that we should go ahead and get a singer to help aid our future guests in uh in this game so we're gonna go ahead and get started with that's my jam 90s r&b edition shout out my dude jimmy fallon every single episode what's (laughs) up what's up what's up up? litigation we waiting for it all right uh yeah so song number one anthony you got this she's gonna have to put on her headphones for that oh 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 oh, i guess just listen just 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 put it on one ear there you go okay Let's
2: see. Time asks no questions; it goes on without you, leaving you behind. I'm telling you, I don't know. She
1: sounds really good, though. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: no, no guesses. Let's none. See, she can sing. Uh, uh-uh, uh. I ain't got it. We you want us to play it back? No, it, it, there's no beat, though. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So, like harmonies get me, but the words, it I won't unless it's like genuine pony or something that's really (laughs) yeah yeah
0: no that's fair she did have some deep cuts for real oh and by the way I forgot to mention we're changing the rules a little bit we'll give you like three guesses but you're not gonna guess so yeah Tiffany song number one song number one you gotta be
1: Desiree who is that (laughs) (laughs) wait Okay, so is this the age? Because, like, I'm, I'm an 80s baby, so is she, like, a young... I mean, what's the cutoff for these artists?
0: <laughs> so the artists have to be between 1990 and 1999.
1: Okay. All right, now, this might be a disadvantage for these for us older millennials. I'm, like, the end-millennial spectrum, but let's go again. I'll try. I'll okay, give them, give them one, more, one more time.
2: <laughs> time asks no questions. It goes on without you. Leaving you behind mm-hmm. if you can't stand. We can my go to plan. the next song.
1: <laughs> Even in telling me, I'm like, I don't have an association in my brain.
2: So, mm-hmm. next, we can go to the next. One. Okay, go ahead. Song number two. <laughs> Baby, try to understand. I'll be crazy if you leave because you compliment my style. I feel like I might know it.
1: Like, there's some resonation, but I don't know
2: what it is. She sounds so good.
1: <laughs> I don't know, but I feel like I would know it if I heard a beat. That was us yesterday. We are like, oh, yeah, it's, it's there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. You, who did the buzzer? Who went with that buzzer? <laughs> okay. That's T- more pressure.
0: Wait, Tiffany, I don't remember. Did you already read what song number one was? I did. How come you didn't do a buzzer for song number one? Uh-huh. That was enough. <laughs> <laughs> Song number two is Faith Evans Love Like This.
1: See, I would have known that. That's like totally 80s. Well, 90s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All
0: right. Song number three, Anthony.
2: You must learn the rules. Don't come close to. Oh my god. Like I wanna stomp my feet. I know. Yes.
1: I don't know the song name. Oh, Okay. Yeah.
0: Mm. No, but I know the song, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Again, that was us yesterday. Okay, yeah. you don't want to guess again. You mm-hmm. don't want to guess. Okay, it's where my girls at seven o two.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and that's always me. And James, I'm like, oh, that was it. You're right.
0: <laughs> this next one, you got it. Okay, okay, yep. all right.
2: I wanna feel your heart and soul inside of me. I do know the song. Let's make a deal.
3: Anthony, you gotta play that
1: one back. Cause, yeah, because she knows this one. Was, yeah, but I'm t- y'all, y'all think I'm playing <laughs> when I tell you, <laughs> I'm not kidding. But I do know the song. It's just, it's not gonna come to my brain. And when I leave, I would have been like, ah, I would have got it. So you don't, Anthony, you don't have to play it again because <laughs> I don't know the title. But <laughs> so when you tell me, <laughs> okay.
3: That is Tony Braxton. You're making me high.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you knew it, right? Sure. It was on the it, tip of I'm your tongue. Sure it was that simple. <laughs> if there's ever a trivia game, I'm telling you, don't ask me to be your partner. Oh. I'm, it's you'll be disappointed in all of my. <laughs> you
2: did it again. Oh my <laughs> goodness.
0: Well, we to be fair, we needed somebody to get zero out of zero, uh, zero out of four at some yes. point. So congratulations on that! Oh, You're, the You're the first. You're the first. Love the skin, yes. <laughs> and real quick, shout out to Gianna for providing the vocals on that because she does nice sound Guyana amazing. Did. Yes, yes. Okay, well, let's go ahead and get going with the reason people are actually here. I'm Jordan, aka J, aka the Chosen One, aka Big Stepper, and I'm here with my co-host. I'm Stephanie B. We're excited that you're here today
3: with us for the Stats on Stats podcast, where we get to talk to leaders in the IT technology cyberspace. Speaking of those leaders, you know we have someone here with us today. I'm going to allow her to introduce herself. She's going to tell you where she's from, where she's currently residing, um, how long she's been in the space
1: and what her role is right now. All right, so I am Candace Williams. I'm actually from Tampa, Florida, born and raised, and I am living in Tampa, Florida, obviously, because I'm here. I didn't fly in for this, but I I drove. Um, I am currently in the aerospace and defense industry, working at Raytheon, so RTX. I've been in the industry for 20 years I know it's hard to believe but I have so 20 years in the space um, in governance risk and compliance so it's GRC is more of the policies risk management and again compliance piece of cybersecurity. so I've been doing that for a while and um, I'm glad to be here it's exciting so you guys are doing a great job and I, I love I love this space and the energy you guys are bringing so glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you. We Thank appreciate you, yeah. that.
0: And Tiffany, before you get going, so you've been doing this for 20 years. That means you started when you were
1: 10? Yeah. See, I knew someone would get it. I was a genius as a kid, although I don't understand songs and can't remember lyrics, but I, I was a genius. Fair enough. You got it. Well, Candace, we would love to know
3: your origin story. So tell us how you got into the type.
1: So I was in the Air Force. Um, I did six years. And I started out in, um, it was called a 3CO, Computer Communications Operations, AFSC. Um, well, I'll go before that. So before the military, I always tell people I had an affinity for technology as like a little kid. Mm-hmm. And I share the story. I was probably like eight or nine. My dad brought home a Windows PC. If you play Solitaire and Mindsweep, because we didn't have all those games on computers back then, I played all the time. So one day it broke on me, and I was just like, how'd this thing break? I had, like a, like, a screen of death, and I'm sitting there as a kid trying to figure out how to fix it. I'm, like, deleting folders, dragging stuff around. I had no idea what I was doing, but I thought I was troubleshooting, and I'd restarted, and I thought something would, like, work. It never did, but um, I always had that same kind of curiosity. Like, I'm about to figure this out. Like, we finna make this thing work. And so that same, like, drive kind of was always there. So when I was in high school at the MEPS, well, MEPS is like where you go to enlist in the military. At MEPS, they asked me like, what do you want to do? You know, where do you want to go? And I was like, oh, I want to work with computers, you know, just want to work with computers. They're like, okay, well, cool. So here's what you got to do. You got to study. You need to get, you know, a good ASVAB score. And then, you know, you may land a role in, in tech. So mm-hmm. that's when I know I found out I had the, um, the three Charlie spot. And my uncle also was a three Charlie and I didn't know that. So I I joined the military, served my six years, and when I got out, um, since I was already doing like um, help desk, small computer support, information assurance, which was cybersecurity, the name of it before it became cybersecurity, Mm -hmm. um, I did that when I left at Raytheon. So I started out Raytheon as a cyber analyst, and then I've been at Raytheon for almost 16 years, so cyber analyst at the very bottom of the pay scale. And I work my way up to now. I'm an associate director um, for the collateral uh, function within GSS, which is Global Security Services. Was that a long origin story? No. Okay. It it felt long, you know. But but no. So that's where I am now. I'm still at Raytheon. And um, two years ago, about two years ago, I started kind of trying to leverage my knowledge, my skills, the time I've been in the space Mm -hmm. um, to kind of support women getting into cybersecurity. So I founded and started Cyber Ally, literally sitting in my stylist chair, not Coco. It was Tish <laughs> from Salon Brazil, but um, shout out to Tish. Can I do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love Tish. Um, I was like, you know, Tish, I want to get women together in the space. So I'm going to do a brunch in the chair. I'm going to do a brunch. Yeah, I want to have a chef and I want to have champagne and I want to get women in the space. So start looking up a space. Put it on LinkedIn. Did a little Eventbrite, and I kind of started building Cyber Ally, and um, they came. Women, women came, and I didn't know that uh, more women of color were in the space in Tampa, and and they were. And so I held the first brunch. I had a second brunch, a third brunch, um, and I saw more and more women and connect with more and more women um, in the space. And so that was where that was born. So, alongside my nine to five, I have Cyber Ally um, partnering with people, companies to diversify and show that there's more, um, in this space, more faces, others. So,
3: so you're, uh, you mentioned aerospace, like, um, are there any, cause I spent time in the military, but I have no just knowledge of the aerospace world. Are there any interesting, I uh, say maybe stories or interesting challenges for you?
1: Supporting. So like in my role, we support We're a support function for, like, the programs that create the products. Mm -hmm. So if we have, like, a product line and they need a system, then they say, hey, Candice and your team, we need a a LAN that can do this and has this kind of software. So we go through what's known as the risk management framework Mm -hmm. from NIST, and then we kind of start from cradle to grave and get the system configured, certified, and submitted. So it's not really, it's not exciting. I think it's probably more exciting when you actually go and see the spaces and the products, but mm-hmm. what I do, I mean, I enjoy it. Cause I love solutions. I love details. I love figuring things out besides songs. Um, <laughs> but I do figure a lot of things out. So, I mean, I, say, I know yeah, I'll take it again. It's <laughs> just horrible, but no. um, th- So that's what I would say. Not exciting, but I think it's, it's, I enjoy it and it's fulfilling. I think oftentimes when like what I would tell my team and those kind of starting out is like, you always want to kind of connect what you're doing, what you're supporting with the actual work, because you don't always see it, even in IT, like even in you know cyber, when you're doing the patching, you're doing the thing, mm-hmm. you don't always know how it impacts the business in the end. And so I always try to associate those things so that when I'm doing my work and um, I have a team doing theirs, like we're doing it to our best ability, right? So I kind of enjoy that piece of my job more than anything else is being a leader, influencing, guiding, inspiring and making sure we reach that goal. So that for me is what's more exciting than some, something, right. It's more the people um, in the team. Yeah. So I hope that answers it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, Okay. Okay. That you mentioned something
0: that Tiffany and I talk about all the time. It's understanding as much of the business as you possibly can, because it helps you one, understand how your knowledge is applied and two how you can be like the most successful in your role. So I'm really glad you mentioned that because yeah. we talk about that all the it's time. True. So something I wanted to go back to is Coco had mentioned your brunch to me. I was like sitting down. and She's like, yeah, my client, she does yeah. like cybersecurity. She has a brunch. You should go. And I was like, be around people?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> so yeah. <sorry. laughs>
0: yeah. So I do actually have a question about your brunch. Yeah. Is it kind of like. Like, more of a hangout? Is it kind of like a technical, like, talk type thing?
1: Like, what's that energy? So, it is... It's a little bit of both. Um, So, we'll have um, a keynote, and we have a panel of speakers, and they Mm -hmm. all talk about, like, a distinct topic. So, um, at the last brunch, we had... um, Why can't I think of Jade's last name? So, Jade did a good session. Her last name escapes me. Again, this just ties all back to what I told you about this song thing. So, she gave a whole spiel on like roles, all the roles in cyber and kind of talked about how they interconnect and like gave just the um just the details so that someone kind of getting into the space can understand where each of these roles kind of fit and where they may fit starting out in their career. So that was one of the sessions and then we did a fireside chat with some leaders in the space just talking about their experience and kind of what they would advise for uh entry level folks coming in the space and then some just about how to grow in your career. So I think it's a little bit of, uh, of both. And then there's the Champagne toast and the talking and the kind of not want to leave and everybody's kind of hanging on in the, in the end of the event. But um, it's all those things. But I think the goal of it was, at least for me with Cyber Ally, was just to build the community. Um, and most networking events in tech, like you get a bunch of cards, you may connect on LinkedIn. But the people that have been to my brunches, I'm going to text you like I'm going to check on you. Like can't, Candace is going to check on you or I'm going to make sure there's some like circle back from me to you, that this is not just I want your email to spam you or to send you something to sell, right? It was more to really build community. So that's what the brunches were for. And then still learn while we're at it, right? Still sponsor and support and um, really give those nuggets that others may not, you know, give as freely and have someone to kind of lean on that you can feel comfortable connecting with. So it was was all those things. But it was more for the community um, piece of it.
3: Yeah. I feel like that's that's definitely a part of why you wanted to do the uh, the R and B event that we wanted to do. Like Jordan yeah. always talked about, like her plan was to do something that de- that didn't just feel stuffy, but it felt like we could just yeah. come together and yes. kind of enjoy ourselves and have fun, but it still have meaning, still be able to give us kind of that connection to the work that we do uh, as a community. So, yeah, yeah, I like that.
0: Yeah, I was telling her, like, I've been to a lot of, like, meetups and tech events and stuff, and it always just feels really, like, stiff, and I'm just like, let me wear my hoodie and just be me. Like, this (laughs) is, this is, we not at work right now, you know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. Yeah, so I had a question because you said that you are a leader, right? Mm -hmm. So what inspired you to want to become a leader? What inspired you to want to inspire others?
1: I don't know. Yeah, I, I really don't. I think I always have that. Like, and it's funny, so I'll share two things. So anytime someone comes to me and like is talking about things they want to do and you know how they are and if they have any doubts, like it like kicks in, like girl, no, you need to do this. How about you go and start posting on LinkedIn or you go and you start building your brand or you go and you take this certification. Like I'm always the one to kind of want to just bring the best out of somebody just because inherently, and then for me, I'll be like, Oh girl, like for me, I always kind of, I'll kind of pull back for myself, but I'm willing to like push others and kind of give that same um, or not give that same, give that inspiration to kind of mm-hmm. do more. So I think I've always been that way. I've been a cheerleader. I've always been someone to want to inspire and like get people in the same room on the same page. And I don't know that it was me who saw that leadership quality in me. I think it was my leader at the time who's still my one of my leads now. But I think it was him who was just like all right, you know, I see this in you, Candace, like you should be doing this or you should be speaking up more and you should be handling yourself in this way. And I was like, are you sure? Like, are you sure? That's me. Right. And so someone else had to help me see the leadership qualities in me. It wasn't me that said, I think I should be a manager. I want to be the leader of the, that wasn't my energy. It was more like, you sure? Do I got it? I do got it. And when I started seeing I had it, then I embraced it. Then I took the courses. Then I read the books. Then I kind of built myself up because I understood it is in me. I see it. I have it. And I was what, in my early 20s at that time. So when I, when I realized I had it because someone else helped me see that I had it, <laughs> then I ran with the ball. I ran with it. And now we're here, right? So. That's cool.
0: Okay. Yeah. So Anthony, make sure you get this because... I only read like two books every five years. You're so funny. Yes. And is it called Start With Why? Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. I get yeah. to apply. I get to apply something. It <laughs> sounds like you had a predisposition for leadership. You're so oh, funny. oh, snap. I got to apply. <laughs> I finally get to apply a book to something. Oh I'm so proud goodness. of me. So I have to ask you, because you seem like really social, you seem like you talk to people. Do you have any advice for people like me? I go to conferences and like I have to wait for an extrovert to adopt me to meet people. Do you do you have
1: any do you have any insight? So I am also an introvert. I know people don't always see that. And we always say we're talking about it earlier. Introverts are always the ones who kind of are not seemingly introverted. Like you're doing Mm -hmm. this. You would never think you were introverted because of how you guys show up. Are you introverted? Oh, yes. Okay. You would never know that, but you're out here. So <laughs> this is what I tell people. And this is what I used to do. Cause I would go to a conference and I would be, when I say scared, I would be like in my car, like, all right, girl, you're going to get out here. You're going, you're going to connect with these people. You're going to do this thing. And then I get there and I probably like stand in the back and be looking around until one day I was like, girl, just ask, just talk to one person, one or two people. That's it. That's your quota. If you can talk to one or two people. And you can just leave like you did what you came to do, get their card, tell them who you are, have your pitch. And then I'm out. So that was a low bar. One is a low bar. Mm-hmm. Like you can talk to one person. Right. And then that's what I would do. So now I talk to everybody. I was like, hey, what's up? Now I have the I don't know what you call it, the social graces and skills to feel comfortable doing that. But I didn't initially. I was terrified. It was a a while. So just pick one person who looks the friendliest. Make sure they're smiling. Like, (laughs) pick a friendly-looking person. (laughs) Just go up to them and talk. Most people are nervous, too, believe it or not. So if you just go up there and start the conversation, they're going to talk back to you. Because they probably want to talk to people, too, and may feel just like you feel. Because I did. So Yeah, I think Sans,
0: SANS does a really good job, as in they create a Slack and then they have a channel called hashtag business cards, So you never actually have to talk to anybody. See? Everybody <laughs> just throws their LinkedIn and they're, they're like, oh, yeah, I we can connect.
1: connect. Mm-mm, that ain't connecting That's Well, I guess it is but.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not human to human connection. I'm sure some Tinder couples would disagree with that statement. <laughs>
1: but they got to meet at some point. Right? You're not going to get married off of Tinder, right? Mm-hmm. You got yeah. to meet. There's, there's, there's some catfish. Just on the, like, line,
0: like, on the line. Oh, okay. yeah. That's a whole
1: different segment. We okay, don't even yeah, have to go there. I so. can. My brain can't. Comp- yeah.
0: So Tiffany, I'm going to ask you that same question. How do you, because you go to conferences, how do you, as an introvert, manage to meet people?
3: I will say I do a lot of standing in the corner. I'm always uh, pretty quiet, but you know this. I think I'm a jokester. So realistically, I always try to find something that's kind of uh, silly or funny mm-hmm. to like make a jo- joke about. And I actually started doing that when I was recruiting. I didn't have a choice. They just were like, oh, you're going to do you know, recruiting. And so, yeah, I just find something that's kind of silly in a room that we're in. And I just crack a little joke. Somebody starts laughing. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. They're cool. Now let me just sit here and talk to them. I kind of gets my nerves out out of the way. Can you tell us a joke right now? I was
0: going to say, I want to hear the jokes, but <laughs> I was like, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> Oh gosh, this is going to be terrible. Go ahead and tell it. <laughs> Don't choke on it. Oh. <laughs> just let it out.
3: <laughs> why did Batman run to the other side of the road?
0: Oh Lord, I don't know why.
3: Cause somebody was robbing him. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean, anyway. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
2: no. <Did> you just <laughs> make that up. Oh, yes. <laughs> What? That was
0: good. You just improv the joke. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Oh my gosh. Now we know Tiffany has a, hit, yeah, yeah, a hidden, yeah, hidden talent right there. That's that was that crazy.
1: Is. I'm serious. This is that. That's
3: the talent. I'm like, shit. Oh, did she just make that up?
0: I did. I um, I channeled my inner uh, my nephew. <laughs> that was crazy. All right. So I have a I have a crazy question for you. All right. So during our sync, we noticed you were using some AI.
1: Yes, Otter AI, yes.
0: Yes, so we're still not sure what happened with that. But (laughs) considering, I'm like, were we being watched? All right, so considering you use Otter AI, I must know, how deep are you into the matrix?
1: Let me see. I'm probably like a year in. So when I started hearing about ChatGPT last year, I was like, all right, what is this? Everybody was talking about it. It was. I was just like, I got to know what it is, just how I am. So I think I downloaded some app that was not chat GPT that I thought was and I started using it and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. You know, wow. Uh, And Aura Tanner, uh, she is the CEO of Black Unicorn Education, Mm -hmm. had an AI expert course after I kind of decided to understand what it is. And I saw it across my Facebook feed, I think it was. So I signed up for the class um, and she went from zero to at least I know what AI is uh, in her. It was like a four. I think it was like a four week course. So once I understood kind of that it was just algorithms, a machine, it wasn't this something trying to take over the world and stealing all of our jobs, and I understood that it's a tool and it's valuable, then I went to MIT and took an AI course, right, a business strategy course. And then I took a MIT Responsible AI course. So now I'm like, all right, this really is something that's, that's going to benefit us. And if we understand it, you know that, um, learning it and understanding it makes you more uh, valuable as a, um, not just as an employee, just as a business owner as well, right? So it's considered like collective intelligence where you include AI and human intelligence. It's now collectively we can do way more, which I've been able to. So a one-person entrepreneur can do a whole lot more with AI. Someone taking notes rather than hiring a VA. Someone can take my notes and help me keep things organized. Otter AI gives you an itemized list of, hey, this is what you talked about. Here's some highlights. This you've got to this is what you have to go back and do based on your meeting. Right. And so it's helped. So now I understand what it is. um, And I think the conundrum for the world is understanding how to govern it. Now that it's out the box, there's so much I can talk about on this, but so how to govern it now um, and how to make sure we understand it enough that people, Brown people, whatever people aren't, aren't um, impacted by like AI's biases. Right. Because it's only as good as the data that's input into these algorithms. It's only as good as that. So if the data is skewed and it's biased or it's not good data or clean data, then the output can't be the decisions and what it gives you can't really be trusted, right? And so it's having a human in that loop to understand those, those deltas, those efficiencies, and understanding how these algorithms make these decisions, right? So that being said that was a part of what I kind of learned and what I understand now and the tools that I leverage, like what you saw, it just helps me. Cause right now cyber ally is so small. So it's really just me. So I leverage the things that can help me kind of do more than I could alone. So that's why I use it, but I'm, I'm in the matrix. I'm, I'm an AI <laughs> thumper. And if you think about cybersecurity, a lot of our tools have, they've had machine learning embedded in it for God knows how long, right? I think it's just us realizing, Oh, that's what that is. Right. Um, it's not new. Um, I think a lot of AI companies have popped up over the last few years, but it's it's just, it's just that we're now aware that that's what it is, that it has a title. So a lot of the same tools, vulnerability tools have had machine learning um, as a part of it. So it's not new. Yeah,
0: I think I heard in the streets because I didn't read it. So <laughs> <laughs> rumor has it that it started in like the 1940s or something yeah. like that like the concept of ai has been around since like the 1940s i obviously didn't know that i started i thought it started like 5 minutes ago with had gpt yeah. so don't get too deep into ai though cuz then anthony's going to going to use you as a guest
1: <laughs> i'm in there i'm i think i i am right now taking so iapp don't ask me the acronym but it's a body like a a governing body like learning certifications um so they have a AI governance professional certification that they just launched. And so I am taking that too. Like I literally been taking AI courses for the last probably almost a year now because I want to know. So I'm taking the governance professional certification now. Um, and they're supposed to be releasing like a actual, the actual exam because initially it was just training and the, um, like the textbooks and things like that. But, again, it's helping govern AI, like using the frameworks, like a lot of um, – I think actually NIST just came out with the AI framework. Like within the last few months, but there were already frameworks with like, I want to say, and if you got to edit this out, do it. But it was like Australia, like other countries already has some sort of AI, like baseline framework where they were already kind of working on this. And the U.S. is now really everybody's collectively getting together because we realize the impact of AI isn't just country to country. It's global. Right. Um, a lot of what's happening. So, yeah, I'm in the matrix. I'm in there.
3: You mentioned something that was pretty interesting to me, uh, the, the diversity and the biases in the AI. And um, a question I think I kind of um, think about often just from reading uh, Weapons of Mass Destruction is um, like, what, what is something that you feel like could be helpful in terms of feeding information back into the uh, the AI the artificial intelligence right because everything is already programmed mm-hmm. and then as you know as time goes on if we're not giving information back to the artificial intelligence we're not training it on new thoughts and new ideas so do you feel like there's anything that we could do to kind of make sure that we're always giving information back to it so that it could be retrained on uh, just like its knowledge from yeah. inception
1: I don't know the answer to that, right? I don't know. Um, One thing that I was exposed to probably like maybe like three months ago, there was a young lady. um, I can't think of her last name, but her first name was Erin. She created um, a GPT through OpenAI, and she called it um, Chat Black GPT. Mm -hmm. So she took – so GPT with OpenAI is like this, like an Apple store for apps, and you can kind of create your own sliver of an app that does something. So she created this app that she trained – To look through like the black lens and to kind of really understand you know where we are and answer things from our perspective and she looked at some of the nuances in the language when asking about um, a woman versus a man or uh, someone who's black versus someone who's white so I think she kind of shined a light on what those biases are by Mm -hmm. just again training and adding new context to the piece of AI that she kind of you know, modify. So it may be the same thing where if you have like a specific machine learning algorithm and you see that there's biases, maybe there is an option to like just retrain and, and insert new data. But I don't know how to, I'm not a data scientist. I don't know quite how to do mm-hmm. all that, that part. But I do know that um, the reason why humans should be involved in the decision loop. And when we see the outcome of what this AI is giving, mm-hmm. that's why we need to be involved. Cause we can say that's not right. Or this is how this looks, you know, and Data scientists, you guys, how do we fix this, right? Maybe that's the feedback loop. Like, I'm seeing that if I put in, you know, a, 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 a cybersecurity professional, it's a white man in a hoodie, right? Because it could be more than just that, right? And hopefully that's not a whatever, but but why is it just that, right? Or if I'm putting in, you know, a cr- criminal in Dallas, Texas, the image of a black man who's six foot comes up, right? Like, are those things we can call out and say hey something skewed why is this the default right so that's just my thought but again i'm not a data scientist i just know i get what you're asking but how to fix it would just be to me it's the adding additional data and acknowledging or calling out the the biases that we see but we have to be involved um and we have to understand how the decisions in these algorithms are made it can't just be a black box which a lot of times it is yeah. so do you know what would be cool
0: anthony is if we got uh Candace and Evil in a podcast together. <laughs> <laughs> who's that? Well, I would also
1: say Aura Tannerson. I don't do know it. if she has the time, but she's also someone who's pretty awesome in, in when it comes to AI education. Yeah. So who's Evil?
0: Oh, she was in episode was it episode 2? She was episode 2 <laughs> and oh, she identifies as a data activist and if I'm wrong, my bad E. Uh, but yeah, so I have a question about your cybersecurity uh, you know, life. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned that you were a cybersecurity analyst at one point? It was, yeah. That's, that's the name that translates now, but it was an information system security officer oh. is what it was, the, the original mm-hmm. name of it. And that's more a DOD sh- name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, you're, like, you're so, <laughs> so what? Uh, so
0: just because I know like a lot of people associate cybersecurity with technical roles. Yeah. So what keeps you or what drove you to a non-technical role in cybersecurity?
1: So- Here's what I think the misconception is, right? Because when we say non-technical, a lot of people may think you don't have to know anything about technology, Mm -hmm. but I dare you to go into ISO role and not know what anything is, not to understand some of the foundational, like, network plus, A plus. Like, you have to understand it. It's being able to apply that and now come up with these answers on risk and solutions and policies. But if you don't understand that at a foundational level – you're not going to be successful, so you have to understand technology, but you don't have to be in there programming and coding and understanding the ones and zeros to that level. But you need to have uh, understanding. So when we say non-technical, I'm always like, but re- but is it though? Mm. Mm-hmm. But is it really non-technical? No coding involved, but you still got to understand technology. So I would say that that's the especially as it is ISO because I was mm-hmm. auditing, I was using um, like seam well At that time, we didn't have seam tools. We were using like um like homegrown scripts and we were actually having to go into the raw logs and look at the event codes and like match them up and look at the logs and kind of understand what we were seeing so I wouldn't say so if I didn't know anything about event codes and where to go inside a a, you know a windows system I probably wouldn't have been able to do my job so I think there's just levels to the technology the non-technical piece there's levels to it right so you do have to know about technology yeah, I was um
0: I have so much love for people in the like GRC space because I was an Izzy for like six months and for those who don't know, that's an information system security engineer or something, right? I don't even know what the acronym. <laughs> So I was like I was an Izzy for like six months and I was like, There's so many words. Yeah. There's so much to do. Yeah. So I have mad respect because the amount of just like information you have to be able to retain and just the the amount of references you have yeah. to know, like psh, shout out chat GPT. I bet yeah. that helps quite a bit.
1: <laughs> I would say this. So even if you're, you know, a leader or a you know, CISO, whatever you are, when it comes to cyber, like you have to be able to your point, distill down the technical terms to explain it to somebody else. And if you don't understand what you're distilling down to explain What value does that have to advising the board or advising leaders for whatever it is you're trying to advocate for? You need to know what you're trying to explain. Um, You just have to make it, what do you call it, jargon? You got to take out the technical jargon, but know what that jargon is so you can get funding. I have a question
0: for you, Tiffany, because you do a lot of like documentation and paperwork and stuff like that. How? (laughs) How do you get through it? Like, how do you just like navigate that? Because for someone like me who likes to be hands on keyboard, like I said, I have mad respect for people who can just sit there and be like, I can read this and do this and all that. You're technical and you have the ability. So how do you, how do you navigate that?
3: Once upon a time, I did want to be a teacher. Um, <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> <like the> teachers. <laughs> and um, I, for me, I feel like uh, being able to uh, translate what I'm doing, hands on keyboard, for, you know, other people in the group or on a team or whatever, it still allows me to kind of have some kind of uh, guidance or role in terms of teaching, but not necessarily being uh, directly um, in line with those people. So for me, I kind of enjoy, like, being able to sit there and do that writing and creating those policies or writing, just documenting stuff. I enjoy
0: it. what's super interesting to me about tiffany sharing with us that she wanted to be a teacher if you ask her or if she asks you a question and you want to show it to her she'd just be clicking Yeah, i do
3: <laughs> i do click a lot but i'm always so excited i can't help it like you have to tell me don't click or i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna like what's this do <laughs>
0: So, yeah, she's, I'm getting, I think I'm getting better. <laughs> she's the reason I found out I'm so impatient because she'll be like, how do you do this? And I'll be like, like this. And she'll be clicking. I'll be like, stop clicking. Oh <laughs> like, you know what? You, you figured out yourself. i just impatient,
1: period. <laughs> you so I'm always you're like, like so you want to know, but you also want to try. Like,
3: Yeah, like, just just be here and tell me. Yeah, th- don't don't click on that one. Oh, OK, let me back out and figure out how to fix it. Because <laughs> now I'll remember
1: this more. I mean, I'm, you're not wrong because I also am like a person that has to do it. You tell me it may – it. I may get it, but I need to move around. I can't just sit there either. So kind of empathize with Tiffany a little bit on me. <laughs> a little bit I do. <laughs> I don't want to take sides. i I'm, just I'm two, a clicker as well. Two
0: on one. Anthony, I'm going to go ahead no. and exit. I'm done with this. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so I have a question because you, I would imagine, are a mentor and kind of a teacher yourself, So how do
1: you navigate different learning styles? Um, I don't even think I consider that when I'm teaching. Mm -hmm. I think I do the most. I think because I hear, I touch, I speak, I have different ways that I learn. I just kind of do all of them at once. And it's not really Mm -hmm. a rhyme or reason to my my madness. I just do whatever I feel at the time, which I don't know if that's good, whatever. It just is. So if I want to show you, I'm going to show you. If I want to tell you, I'm going to tell you. If I have a book, I'm going to give it to you. If I have Mm -hmm. some way to explain it and I don't think you're getting it, I'll shift. But it's not really a, a methodology or some Reason behind how I mentor and teach is if I see you getting it, if it looks like you're hearing me, if you're listening and you do something else, you ain't get it. So let's try it this way, right? Mm. So that's kind of how I I teach. I have a 10 10 year old daughters. So I have twin girls, mm-hmm. so I definitely have to shift how I say and do things. And so that could be a help where I have them. So if something is explained to them and they get it, and I've used my words, that's that's probably good. If it's something I had to show them now, it's it's put hand to paper, and I show them if it's, you know, clicking around, you do it, so.
0: I heard kids make people patient. Anthony, is that true? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, then maybe we should, know If you're the right person, because some people don't have patience with kids, but if you're the right person, you absolutely are more patient when you have kids, because they don't, I mean, kids are phenomenal. They're hilarious, first of all, (laughs) and they just want to have fun. They just want to do the thing, and so you got to have patience with them. I mean, they're learning, too, like, Oh. We, um,
0: we babysat my two-week-old nephew, oh,
1: yeah. or
0: not two-week, but two-year-old nephew oh, yeah. for two weeks. Oh. And <laughs> it was at that moment I knew we effed up. Yeah. <laughs> but I have
3: patience. I think it helped because I, like, I babysat when I was younger. That was like my summertime job. And then also I have younger siblings and nephews and nieces I love those little jo- jokers so for us
0: it kind of we
3: balanced each other
0: out okay she's like yeah mm, all of that went over my head oh you want to ask a question oh my goodness <laughs> go
1: ahead ask a question were you the oldest Tiffany who
3: me yeah I okay. was
1: okay mm-hmm. definitely
0: <laughs> okay anyways let's get back on topic Were you the baby no, I'm the no, oldest. She's the oldest. Really?
3: But there's only two. I would have or- got
1: baby energy, like a younger sibling energy just now, which just happened. Mm-hmm. There's no. only two of them. Yeah. So <laughs> Okay, well, I don't know if that counts. Like, how much? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Multiple, like three, four. Yeah. Then you're like, all right, I'm the oldest.
0: No, I guess. But um, so, again, like, you are a mentor. You are a leader. So I'm going to set the scene for you. All right, somebody who has no experience in IT, tech, cybersecurity walks up to you. They have their hoodie up, you know, they got their glasses on and they're like, hey, I want to get into this. I my
1: run. Your hoodie <laughs> up <in your> <laughs> Are they
0: shade? Can I see your eyes? <laughs> okay. All right. So they just got LASIK.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: So right. they walk up to you and they're just like, I want to be like you. How do I get into this? Like, what advice would you give them?
1: So I probably asked them what they've done. Like, I kind of want to know your background. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wrote a a guide to help people get into cybersecurity, and it's called No Experience Required, Your Cybersecurity Career Kickstart Guide. So in the guide, I kind of start out with, hey, everybody has some sort of skill. Unless you're coming out, like, well, even young kids do. Unless you're coming out the gate, like, no job experience. You haven't even volunteered, then you're probably an anomaly. But if you volunteered, you've had a job. I don't care if it was McDonald's or whatever it is. There's some skill you've picked up. And so I would always tell everybody, first, inventory what you've done and don't discount even the smallest thing because one of the, like, skills you can think of, like, uh, paying attention to detail or being a communicator, right, some of the soft skills can still translate well into cybersecurity. So I would say first get an inventory of what you've done, right, list everything, don't leave anything out, and then kind of look at, you know, just – your personality, just innately, how are you, right? If you're an introvert, do you really want to be in a, a, a lead facing role where you're talking to a whole team, right? So consider all those things. And then I would say, look at the job roles, like look at what job roles are out there and kind of what resonates with you, right? And if you kind of narrow it down based on some of the tasks, some of the skills, some of the knowledge required for those roles, then you kind of do this like gap analysis to say, all right, well, this, the, all right, I kind of like this whole sock analyst thing, or I kind of like this whole pen tester thing. Like, let's see kind of where this takes me. So really it's all about getting from understanding your skills, your experience to then looking at what's available to do, and then figuring out what it is you want to do. A lot of times people getting into the space do the most. And when I say that, I just mean they see all these courses and shiny objects. And it's not even about discovering. It's more I just think I need to be doing something to be relevant. And it's not that. I think when you really figure out and focus what on what you want to do, that's when you have the most impact, right? Because then when you're studying, connecting, um, so if I said I want to be a pen tester and that's what I decided, I'm going to find other pen testers. I'm going to figure out what companies may um, need more pen testers or be more prone to hiring, right? So I'm going to now kind of focus these efforts to do this thing. I'm going to find the person to help me kind of get there. So really just get the clarity, do the work and focus. And then when you figure it out, I always tell people to just show what you've done, being introverted, every, everyone here is introverted, being introverted, like we oftentimes don't want to show our work, don't want to show the things we've done to add value, because we feel like we're boasting or, or whatever it is. But nobody's going to know that you're doing something if you're quiet about it. No one, I no one, And I'm, you should make them guess, right? Like you need to be telling people, here's what I do. Here's how I show up. Here's how I can add value to your organization or whatever it is. So um, it'd be all those things, right? It's, the, it's a succession of things. But first, inventory your skills, figure out what you want to do. And then all the rest is going to come.
3: If somebody uh, came to you and was like, hey, I'm looking for a leadership guidance or a mentorship. Like what? <clears throat> like how do you, I guess, start out being a mentor for someone? How do you make that decision?
1: Oh, if you want to. So someone says, can you be my mentor? Mm-hmm. And how do you say, um, so this is just me. This is how I feel. I feel like mentorship for me. Because I'm introverted and because I don't let everybody in my little bubble, Mm -hmm. I think that I would want to have a good relationship with you and kind of make sure we have that um, chemistry that we have a relationship. Like it can be something more than just I'm telling you things. That's just how I feel. So I would I would want to be in more spaces with you than just somebody messaging me online saying, can you be my mentor? Because what if I can't add value to you? and I'm just your mentor on paper. So I want to make sure there was some kind of connection. And I knew I can add value to your life in some way. So I would ask you, why do you want me to be your mentor? Why Candace? Right? What about me is attracting you to say, you can help me because that's what it is. It's not me looking for you. You're looking for me. So how can I help you tell me that? So I would ask that question. Like, why do you want me to be your mentor? Like, what can I do for you in these six months? What have you seen in my career that that kind of pulls you so that I know that it's not just, oh, you're a leader. I want I want to kind of you know connect and just you know be a part of this equals no like tell me why how can I help you because I don't want to be doing something just to do it that's a waste of my time I don't like doing that on anything and if I'm not adding value I don't want to do it I don't have I don't have the energy for it so that's what I would ask if they did and then from there when I we figured out there was synchronicities then we start talking tell me what you want like you gotta tell me I and and when you're telling me that so I've had a couple of, I used to have these career discovery calls
3: mm-hmm.
1: where people would kind of reach out to me and I'd give them like this questionnaire, like, you know, what they want to do, how they want to do it. And it would give me a, like the clues, Success Leaves Clues, this is the book. I don't know why that came to me, but it would give me clues to give them like the, the advice based on that. All right, so you want to do, oh, okay, let me look this up for you. Let me, okay, let me find this. Here's how we can kind of tie this together. This is what makes sense for you. So I would, you know, base it off what they tell me and then it kind of pull things out of me to help them. So it has to be a, what do you call it? Symbiotic. What's that word where there's like an exchange where I can help you and you help me help you. That's probably the wrong word.
0: Again, <laughs> I read two books every five years. So you my vocabulary is like this
1: big. Do you listen to audible audible? Mm-hmm. Do you listen to books? Cause no, I be do. a hack. Okay. Well I then do. that counts. Does it? Yeah. Okay. I listen to book. I don't always tactile, tactile. My sister's real tactile. She'll touch, but she has to touch a book. I don't have to touch a book. Yeah. I can listen to a book and I, that still counts.
0: Well, I have to, to be perfectly honest, like I do listen to books because I really, I'm very, a very big believer in it's important to consume things that are going to help you grow. Absolutely. Uh, But yeah, I definitely need to touch a book to really retain the information. And so that's why I say I only read like two books every five years because yeah. So again, we're going to go back to the fact that you are just innately a leader Mm -hmm. because For people like me, mentorship is not my ministry. I found that out like last year when at work, they were like, You're gonna be a mentor for this person. Two days later, me and that person were basically in a fight, and I was like, I can't do
1: this. It was just the wrong person. No, it wasn't that you can't be a mentor, it was the wrong person. No, no, no. Cause that's how
0: the, so, and then when I was in the military, they basically, I was an E4, but they were like, You need to learn leadership skills this girl's your soldier. And she couldn't do right for like 24 <laughs> hours. And I was like, this girl, I, I want nothing to do with her. <laughs> yeah. And they were, Oh, yeah. you just got to mentor her. I don't want to, I don't want <laughs> <laughs> to do that. What, what about you, Tiffany? Like if someone, cause you're, you just pick up strays. Basically people would just be like, you are now my mentor without her even knowing, but like, how do you navigate that? What would be your ideal situation in terms of people going, hey, I want you to be my mentor?
3: Um, I don't know. I, I feel like, um, as you say, I pick up strays. But I feel like for me, it's just trying to figure out, like, where I can be a benefit for a person, right? Um, I always feel like I just, I don't know enough. So realistically, when people ask me to kind of help them, um, it, it brings me into, like, okay, what what more do I need to know and how can I continue to grow myself as an individual so I can continue to be able to pro- provide some assistance to this person as we move forward? So um, just tr- kind of trying to gather what they're looking for and, you know, be able to provide assistance where I can. You know.
0: OK, real quick for anyone who wants me to be their mentor, just Google it. That's my advice. (laughs) Just Google it. All right. So I have a question that everyone wants to know. Do you have any advice for interviews?
1: (laughs) Okay. So I do a lot of interviews. Okay. So um, I think in interviews, everybody's nervous. So let that be the baseline. And they, so hiring managers, because I've done, again, plenty. They want to hire you as much as you want to be hired. I don't want to do 20,000 interviews to get one person into a role. So I want you to show me that you're the best person. I want you to be the person that I select for a job. I'm just going to say that first. So if you go into an interview, like understanding they want me to, I just got to show them that, that I'm the one, right? Oftentimes, at least in, in my experience, again, I'm, I don't speak for all hiring managers. I'm just one hiring manager. Mm-hmm. If you get to my queue, there have been at least a dozen or more people that have not made the cut. So the few that make it to me, you have the baseline experience, baseline certifications that we wanted to see to interview you. So first, you made it through the cream, the cream of the crop right now, right? <laughs> so hold, take that with you when you're going to in an interview and have that confidence. And then tell your story. So here's what I don't like to see. Um, if you're in an interview and you've read the job rec and you kind of know what they're expecting, then if you know you didn't do something, you tail your answers to What they what they wrote up, and if you don't have the experience, then you just say, "All right, well." So, for example, um, if in a rec, I put, "Have you worked with you know um, risk manager framework?" Right, and you have never before the interview, take you a little crash course on YouTube and figure out what it is to be able to speak to that, right? And then say, "Well, I haven't, but I've done this research a little bit. I know what it is. I know there's these seven steps. I understand it, Um, and I've done it in this other way. I haven't done the seven steps, but I've." I've used this step method I do I'm making up this step method to uh, inventory hardware in my store. I don't know. I'm making that up. But just find a way to tie something together. Don't just say, I don't know, unless you really don't. Right. Unless it's something that you haven't had a chance to kind of tee up, then, you know, I don't know. You know, I can I can learn. I'm a however you want to tie it together. But just always like try and connect the dots, always try and show how you can still do something or how something relates. And if you have a good interviewer which like, I, I would like to think I'm a good interviewer. <laughs> I, I honestly, like I try to approach it as a conversation because I want to, I want to help someone's nerves. So I want to also help you feel comfortable enough to tell me what you've done. And I try and connect the dots. If I see you struggling, and then if with my support and help, you kind of still falter, I'm like, all right, well maybe, maybe not. But um, if you get like the, the bait, I guess, to, give more, answer more, and tie those things together. Just, I mean, just take it. Just just talk, tell your story, and try to connect, and just let it be a conversation. Um, so I said a lot. They weren't really... Tips in order, but <laughs> it's just more true as a conversation, and just go into it with confidence because you were selected, and have just as much confidence, you know, as anyone who actually got the job. And then also, I would say, ask questions back. Do not leave an interview when they're like, "Do you have a question for me?" And just be like, "No, I, I don't." You better ask me a question, <laughs> one or two questions about the company, about the t- like team dynamic, because when, when you're, when you're hired and you're part of a team, if you get on a team and they're not um, prone to growth or they don't have um, like a way to train the team or I don't know, ask those questions. What does your training look like for your team members? Like, how do you help people grow and like develop? Like, what does that look like? Is there a, a, you know, a budget or benefit for education or like ask those questions because just as much as, They're benefiting you to hire you. You need to get a benefit from them as well when it comes to, like, how you're going to grow and how it's going to play into your career plan. Like, you need to ask those questions. And don't just feel like someone's doing you a favor. Yeah, you might need a job. Yeah, you may need money. But you're adding value to a company as well if you're going in it the right way. So you're adding value, and then they should be adding value to you. With a paycheck, yes, but with just more than that too, right? What benefits are there for you? So just go into it with confidence because – You made it. You in there. You you dropped a gem that actually I don't even
0: necessarily think about. But like you said, if you see something on a rec that maybe you don't know a lot about, um, taking the time to use the resources around you to at least pick up a little bit of knowledge so that when you You go into that interview, you can at least be like, I do care. Right. I like that. And I, um, I recently heard this guy say, in 2024, there are endless resources, but not everyone is resourceful. And I was like. Yo, Specs. that's crazy. Specs. So Tiffany and I, most people don't know this. And they're like, how do you do this? Tiffany and I used to work like, if you see this desk, we worked this close together, like side by side. So we work in the same office together. So I know I have overheard her doing interviews. So what do you look for in a candidate?
3: I think inquisitiveness is probably one of the biggest things for me. Like, just... And Candace already mentioned it too, asking questions, right? Because you're when you're looking for a role, you're moving into a new space, period. And so you're gonna be a part of a team and like everybody is going to have kind of like different uh things that they um are their needs. And so just when you come in and you, you are, like, excited about the role, you want to ask a lot of questions about uh, what we're doing as a team, like, where we're moving uh, forward in our future. Like, for me, that matters that they're inquisitive. Also, people who are, like, they're excited. Like, they have a positive energy. They come, you know, they're, they're just They just feel like in the interview, they are joy to be around, but then they, they also have like their technical, um, like technical knowledge, Mm -hmm. but they're excited about, you know, work.
0: Okay. I dig that. That's what about you, Jordan? How, (laughs) what are you looking for? Do you know how to use Google? That's what I'm looking for. To be honest, like, it's like I've said before, my biggest thing is if you come into an interview, don't lie. Just yeah. just don't lie. Be transparent because I don't care if you don't know everything. Like, that's cool because you can learn. If you're inquisitive, like Tiffany says, if you're asking questions, you going, oh, I don't know, this and this and this, it shows me that you're coachable, shows me that you learn. But if you're in there just BSing, I'm just like – too. yeah you, you can absolutely tell so just be just be transparent that's the biggest thing I look for and don't be lazy again like if you know you're interviewing with a software company that has really specific software and you've known about your interview for even two days like take a minute r- read some documentation do some type of training and come into it hey maybe I didn't start looking at this until two days ago but at least I know you care enough to learn a little bit more so that's me I don't mind when you ask me questions. Mm-hmm. You said something
1: good though. You were like, you want to show your personality to make sure you kind of share because you got to be a fit for a team. So mm-hmm. hiring managers think about that too. So when I'm hiring and I think about my entire team, and I'm like, all right, are they? How are they going to fit? Like, will they actually add value to the team? And if you come showing your personality, then I'm going to know that. All right, yeah, I can see where he's going. He or she's going to fit. I can see where they're going to fit. Right. So that's important too. Just be yourself. Don't come faking the funk. So I have a
0: kind of a. I don't know if it's like a good question, but I actually kind of want to know. So you are kind of like a leader, director, manager. So what do you do to kind of create just good culture, good energy?
1: Um, so I know it's been a little tough since COVID because most of my team, like, so so the team that I lead, they're all across the country. No one's in Tampa. So everyone's like somewhere else. So when I have team meetings, it's always virtual. Mm-hmm. So the things that I do in my team is I'll have like little chats. I'll make sure we have like recurring one-to-ones like with each individual. So it could be about work. It could be about what happened with your dog last week. Like it's just a time that's earmarked for me to talk to my team. Um, So we'll have our chat. We'll have our one-to-ones. We'll have our recurring meetings so that I'm flowing information down. Um, Like anytime I have to like ping you, I kind of make it like, Hey, message me, call me. Like I try and just create this open door um, for my team to reach out to me because I mean, I'm half the team I may not see for like a year depending if they have an inspection or something going on it may be two years right so we got to kind of build a constant communication like some way online virtually so I'm the one that'll call you I'll text you at seven o'clock if I have a question and I you could text me too right and not to I don't want to say text you and feel like you have to respond so let me not do that because I don't want to be like that kind of boss but I'm 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 open with with my team so and I kind of Have gotten good. I mean, I've gotten good feedback as a leader. Right, I made it this far, so I think it works to kind of create that culture. And I've had all kinds of personalities, Um, because again, we're still in tech, right? So I've had the people who are type A, like just tell me what I need to do. Don't be. Don't ask about my family. Like, don't. We're not friends. Like, and I I adjust. (laughs) Like, I'm able to. No, seriously, I adjust my personality. Like, all right, I know I can't talk to him that way, or I can't talk to her that way. But I can talk to him this way. So I think another part is just knowing my team, knowing how they are, and knowing who I can banter with, and who I need to kind of not not banter with, but just a different kind of way to connect with them. So I understand my team, know their personalities, adjust to their personalities, and then offer the space for them to connect with me. And at the end of the day, though we have a job to do, in the, the day we have to make the company look good, and you know that's the, the that's the the PC uh, response where it's all about the business right? but <laughs> the people too because the people make up the business So,
0: I love these like chats that we get to have with people because like even in that I just learned something mm-hmm. I would be a terrible manager <laughs> <laughs> that the amount of just like being so dynamic and adaptable God. nah I got one mode and that's Jordan so yeah, thank you, you no know, you're welcome so I'm not even going to think about that anymore <laughs> this is very true <laughs>
1: No, being a leader—if you're a good leader—you got. It's about the people. You gotta, you gotta care about your team because they, they're doing the work. Like, well, you are too, but you know what I mean. Like, they're doing, they're doing the work. You gotta support them. Like, there's no way around it. Or you're just, it's just gonna be a horrible culture.
0: Yeah. No, I get that. Like, I, I love the people. Like, for instance, I love my teams. But sometimes people will be like, you know, I just want you to know, I can't tell if you're being sincere or sarcastic, and I'll be like. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just assume I have good intentions because I can't change. (laughs) Like It is what it is. So thank you. I appreciate that. Let me take that out of my career trajectory. (laughs) Yeah. So Tiffany, go ahead. I feel like you had a a question. I was thinking about you and, you know, the leadership role
3: and how you are about, uh, like, patience with other people. So I was like, yeah, maybe this isn't. The, the direction you want to go.
1: You can lead, but not be a people leader. There are leaders who lead organizations in a certain way, and not be a people leader. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Awesome.
1: No people leading for you. Yeah, I'm patient with my dog.
2: Yeah, that's good, though. I'm yeah. a living entity.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, okay. Oh, we're coming up on time, and Anthony always smiles a lot when he wants us to leave. Uh, <laughs> so before we wrap up, real quick, I know you have some events coming up, do you want to go ahead and tell us about those?
1: Yeah. So, next week is Tampa Bay Innovation Week. So, um, I'll be at Synapse for anyone else who's going to be at Synapse. We have a panel talking about cybersecurity resilience in business. But before, um, or no, it's after, because Synapse is on Wednesday, the 28th. We have a Cyber Connect event on Friday. We're going to do some candle pouring. So, in addition to the brunches, I have this Connect thing that I have going on that we do things that aren't quite traditional and the tech space. So I don't really see a lot of techies going candle pouring and we're doing that. Uh, so mm-hmm. Friday we're going to be at uh, in high park at the candle pour. We're going to have some recruiters there talking, you know, giving some advice, giving some tips for folks as well. Cause you got to still mix in the cyber career piece. So we're going to have two amazing uh, recruiters to kind of give some advice. And then we're going to, after that, go for apps and drinks at on So very much the non-traditional, networking events for cyber connect so that's happening apps I like apps yeah well, like the food. Yeah, I know. Okay, <laughs> not I, like apps on your phone. No, You're no, talking no. about tech. You know, you got to be clear. I'm, I'm hip.
0: I know. I know the lingo. <laughs> Come on now. I'm I'm cultured. I read that in one of my books.
2: <laughs> that you listen to. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I actually. Okay. I'm sorry. I have to ask another question. Just yeah. Be patient with me. Okay. All oh, right. My. So my other question is: Are you planning on talking on any more panels? Because Tiffany and I, we were watching you on YouTube, and I think it was the. Was it the Blacks in Tech? Which one was it? Tech? Oh, Blacks
1: in Tech. Mm-hmm. Which one was okay?
0: Yeah. So, do you have any plans to talk on any any panels this year?
1: There are a few coming up, and to so yeah, I know what they are. Um, let me think. So there is one virtually for um, 360 Advance. There's one coming up in March, um, and it's just a women in I think a women in tech panel. If I said this wrong, you guys take it out because I, I they we literally just had like a meeting and I can't remember the title, but. Uh, so that's coming up. And then I have a, um, it's the Cyberfest, San Cyberfest. I'm going to be on a panel, the keynote panel. I don't know the title yet, but I'm doing that. And then I have a live stream with some folks. It means a lot. It is a lot happening. So it's a few events, but I don't remember all the names of them. But there's at least a handful before June that I'll be on and supporting. And then Synapse, I have a panel moderating the 28th. That I know. Oh, Very man. clear on that one.
0: How do you, because, again, I have questions, but, like, how do you end up getting on these panels? Like, do people find you? Do you find them? How does that happen?
1: No, they find you. They find me. Um, But that's about making yourself findable. I tell people all the time, in, when was it? When I first went to Synapse, it was 2022. It was, yeah, because the last year was second. So, 2022, I went to Synapse, and... I met, um, her name was Ashley and she was called the LinkedIn black belt and she was doing LinkedIn audits at Synapse. And I'm like, a LinkedIn audit, like who uses LinkedIn for anything besides jobs? And so, um, she was like, no, let me, let me do a quick audit. So I signed up for the audit, a 15 minute audit. And she kind of looked at my followers and she was like, yeah, you need to get your followers up. You need to... I was like, what? So I had like 800 and- I had like 872 followers, I think at that time and connections. And so she was like, no, you need to really leverage your LinkedIn for something more than just your job. And so I, I got her book, which I don't think it's on sale anymore, but it was just um, the LinkedIn black belt, like how to increase your LinkedIn presence or whatever else. So went through her book and kind of just understood from at least her book initially that these platforms, especially LinkedIn, if you have um, your like brand personality, your own brand as a professional, like you have to cultivate that. Like you had you got to, like if you want those opportunities. So from then I kind of used the book, went, start building my LinkedIn profile, sharing, talking, expressing myself, showing up as Candace, like and I started getting more followers and people would reach out, like, hey, can you speak on this panel? Like, hey, I have this opportunity. Um, and then I of course I would go places in person too, but a lot of it was LinkedIn. Like, you know, we see we see you, you are a thought leader, like you have all these things going on. Can you speak here? And then I'd speak. Can you speak here? I see you doing this, and then I speak. So Um, I think at one point I couldn't do all of them. I was like, all right, well, I can't speak everywhere, especially if it's free 99. Like I can't do that. I I still have a family, a job. Right. So that's how it really happened. Like the opportunities came because I built, I built my personal brand and I took it on what I did in this space. And I kind of capitalized on that because I mean, Everyone has a set of skills and knowledge that someone else may want to know. You may, like you mentioned earlier, like you're wondering, like what can they learn from me? But you have a lot of knowledge that you can share in whatever that niche is, right? And when you do that, somebody's gonna is gonna resonate. Somebody's gonna need to hear that. And even if they don't, what you guys are doing now, building your own platform, that's gonna still attract things and opportunities. So I'm pretty sure stats on stats is gonna increase your profile and elevate you guys to the point where someone's going to say hey come on my podcast or hey come speak for me I like the way you guys vibe so that's really what it was the opportunities came because I put myself out there I made myself findable that's what my coach says you got to make yourself findable people aren't just going to find you and know where you are you have to show up and I still don't do it the best I'm still not out there as much as I probably should be but it's what it is so one of the reasons I actually
0: (laughs) asked you that question though is to plug myself if anyone wants me on their panel I'm ready yeah I got a lot to talk about. Okay. So, so Tiffany, do you want to go
1: ahead and wrap up?
3: Um, Actually, I was going to ask a question.
1: <sighs> okay, snap. I thought you was trying to get you again. I was like, listen.
3: <laughs> you mentioned like, you know, you're showing up for so many things. And I've heard you talk about so much stuff that you have going on. What is something that you do to kind of uh, separate yourself from that and kind of take time to just be Candice and, and you know, not be I want to say overwhelmed, but just not um, have to be so involved.
1: Um, So I would just say when it's time to shut down, I will shut down. Mm-hmm. But when it's time to work, I'm going to work. I think inherently I've always been an overachiever. Like, and that really, like since I was a kid, I was always the one that's going to do extra credit. I'm about to, we're going to do the most. Um, And so I'm on the most mode. That's my default mode. Mm-hmm. So in order to kind of step back, I do have to be intentional. So like, last year I hired a coach to help me in like being intentional, understanding Candace, my human design, like shout out to Kira, um, core empowerment. She's awesome coach. Uh, so she kind of helped me understand my personality and like, okay, well, why are you, why are you this way? Really? Why are you this way? And then since you're this way, how are some things, what are some things you can do to make sure you're not burning out? And so I do the meditation thing. Um, I do the, like, just, even if I'm at my desk doing work and I'm involved in something and I need to take a break, I'll sit there. My mom always tells me, do deep, deep diaphragmatic breaths, right? I always find ways to incorporate those things just into what I do day to day. And then if it is too much and I got to just rest, I'm going to go to sleep for the day. And that's just it. So I just kind of feel it out. But go is my default. And it's not because I'm trying to hustle. It's just, that's just how it was kind of, I've always been that way. So it's not, yeah. So. Well, Jordan. Jordan you uh, do jujitsu anything else you'd like to talk
0: about you do to kind of relax yourself I do this podcast I love it here (laughs) anyway uh, I think it's time to wrap up so before we wrap up I just want to say thank you thank you so much for coming Um, we know you got lost so your journey was (laughs) truly an adventure but we're glad you made it here so thank you so much like endless gratitude you could be anywhere right now and you're here with us so like seriously we really really appreciate it
1: thank you for having me
3: thank you so
0: much all right talk to our listeners and wrap it up (laughs) (laughs)
3: thanks again for being a part of the stats on stats podcast we appreciate your time we appreciate you showing up with us and candace thank you so much from both of us if you would like to share any of your information with them uh our listeners would you like to share your
1: so if you want to connect with me, uh, I have a LinkedIn at CyberAlly, C-Y-B-H-E-R-A-L-L-Y. And then I have an Instagram that's pretty dead, but I still have it. Uh, same handle, <laughs> but primarily my platform is LinkedIn. Uh, so, and the website, same thing, CyberAlly.com. All right. Awesome. And we will post any references
3: that we have on our site. Take care. Bye. Yeah, thank you.